This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neo Modern, and Grumpy Old Man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Ruben, that was real deep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm working on my ba- FM radio DJ. voice. Yeah, I'm feeling like an FM DJ. Hey, how are you doing? It's uh, 95.5 WPR. Tuning in, first long time listener, first time caller. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Um, no, I wanted to, you know, we're always talking to other people and I kind of enjoyed the, our first year where we just kind of talked about stuff and, and oh, I, you miss talking to me. I do miss talking. Golly to you. jeepers. And you know, and we don't need, we don't need like chaperones. <laughs> we can talk without <laughs> famous photographers hanging out with us. We can Although just, I mean, we've had some real good ones. I gotta be honest. Hey, you well, were going to have a chaperone. You want like the best you can find. And I think I we've, agree. Done, we've done very good. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you wearing? What do you, what is that outfit? So, uh, it's like a tank top. That's a tank. I just see an opening. Oh, it's around your neck. Okay. I see. Oh, wow. Look at that. Jesus. Okay. A tank top and a blue shirt. I see. It's like a work shirt over with a um, patches on it. Are you like a professor? They're like, uh, is that for riflery? What do you got? Those it is. I actually, I ironed those patches on myself because this is like my favorite shirt and I have a hole. So I actually had a bigger hole and then I had to iron the patches on because yeah. it was such a big hole. Wow. And then the shirt is like so threadbare. Cause I love it. Uh-huh. I got another hole. Oh, look like, at that. You did. It's yeah. I think I might have another hole here too. You know what? I had like a bathrobe as a kid and yeah. I wore that till it was threadbare and patched and sewn together. It just was held together by thread. It was, I love it so much. I, ca- I and- have swatches of it still like from when See? I, was, I kept the little swatches. Cause it was, what'd you do with the swatches? Where they're, are they? They're in my drawer box of swatches. <laughs> you have a box of swatches? You don't have a Tell box me of, more. You don't have a box of swatches? Like I've got boxes of other stuff. Sometimes there's been a t-shirt or a blanket or a something over the decades. And I, it was time to get rid of it. But for some reason I wanted to keep, I would keep a, a cut of square. I don't know why uh, I told you, I have this pathology of collecting things and, and taking pictures as a version and the swatches uh, is another. Uh, I just sad, didn't know about the swatches. I, I quite like about, the swatches. It's not a story I tell. It's not. Do you I, like put, are you possibly going to put them on something like a memory blanket no, later or like I mean, they become something else? No, I don't think they're so. They're just preserved. I think they're just in the box with the stuff of stuff, stuff okay. that is stuff. What is so impressive is you've moved so many times and, and that the, you- I could, I could go grab the swatches. Keep, can you? Can you go grab this? I want to see the swatches. You want to see what a swatch is? I want to see a swatch. Okay, hold on yeah. a second. Hold on. I can't hear Standing you. I by. can't hear you. I'm like, okay. So there's like a range of my, you know. It's like a sentimental treasure box. It is. It's kind of a treasure box, but there's flat things. Like this was like, you know, you keep newspapers. So what was this? The Chicago paper from the Bicentennial. That's USA 200, July 4th, 1976. That's what that is, right? Wowzer. So, Wowzer, Ruben. You know. Okay. Like, but it's in a box of things I told you that are going to be buried because- you don't keep this stuff really. Uh, 
I, I love yeah. that you keep swatches of like your childhood bathrobe and favorite t-shirts. Yeah, it's it's a little strange. If I ever get rid of this shirt, I'll give you a swatch of it. Thank you. Well, it's not, you know, sometimes you just need to, again, that's the nature of photography. You can't keep every moment of your life. <laughs> a, a photograph is just Bring a it swatch. Back. It's just a swatch of life, right? It's just a, a oh, I love clipping that. of your childhood. <laughs> and I think that's what's... The swatch of life. I'm, I'm so good at this. I'm good at like keeping little moments going back a long way, you know? I love it. I, I, I hope you put this in because this is great. A swatch. It's the swatch of life. A Photography of life. is the is swatch, swatch of life. <laughs> now I wanted to kind of just kind of catch up on what's become of all this stuff. I, I mean, okay. I committed at one point that I'd have my book done at the end of last year. And that didn't, I remember it yeah. was, it was almost done. In fact, it was, it's still almost, almost ready to publish. It's almost ex- well, no, it's exactly there. It's, it's in still, that, it's still exactly. It. But what I did was because I, I felt awkward trying to publish a book on a topic I had never really, I don't know, taught. And I didn't really know that much about it. I'd kind of evolved this over our, our podcast. Um, so I started teaching it and I've now taught it a bunch of times, two times. The third time is in August, um, the Santa Fe workshop. And I just got a mailing today from, you know, from the workshops, they're promoting things and they described it as one of their most popular online courses. Oh, hey, no. Yeah, no, I Look kind at of you. feel good about that. Yeah, I feel good That's about really that. great. Well, and I think what's so cool is that you are evolving the content, you know, like as you teach it and, and seeing what sticks and what is helpful to people and what maybe needs a little bit more evolution. You know what? I think that's great. I think I'm onto something. I I, I, I think I, you I are hate, too. I hate to say stuff like that because you put it out there and I never know if it's just too much. <laughs> it's too too Kanye, you know. But um oh Kanye wouldn't say he's onto something. He would say he's mastered something and well, it's a you know could, a fucking masterpiece. I, I could say that too, but I'm trying to re- refrain from going full Kanye. Full Kanye. Yeah I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going like half Kanye in this but i'm i'm absolutely convinced that this is the right way to teach photography to to people who are getting into it and and like awesome. when we, and when we set this whole thing up um part of our our uh, you know premise was that i was going to make sure you like got better at photography because you wanted to do all this stuff so i'm i, I want to sort of outline what this has come to and i'm i'm all, and with you as the, sort of the student and sort of see why why i'm convinced this is the thing this is it i think all photographic education should begin with the course on photographic haiku. Like that's how strongly I feel. And, and I won't go so far as to say that everything else is bullshit because that would be too strong a statement. I think that they are more advanced. Like they're actually, they have their place. I think Mm -hmm. this is the proper level of beginning. This is the preamble. This is, this is before you're even getting started. This is what you kind of, you know, read before you start the story. Yeah. Because I mean, eventually you do need to learn technical things about F-stop and shutter speed and all those things Mm -hmm. and mastering your camera. But I think that the teaching of composition, the teaching of, so here's the thing, here's the thing. You need to learn how to see. I mean, that's what I took away from Susan last week was just how she talked about how she saw, and it was so different from how, how many, how other people sort of but that, look or But I see. don't think that is how you start teaching photography. Okay. I don't think so either, but it's the importance of seeing, right? And finding like, finding a way to see. Here's, here's the thing. In regular photographic educational type situations or teaching any kind of photographic thing, it, mm-hmm. there's going to be this, uh, because there's no real rules of any kind, it's just photography, people would have this sort of, I would say a misguided notion that all pictures are good. 
You know, uh, how do you, when someone may, takes a picture and you give it to someone and say, is it good? Someone asks you the question, you're the teacher and they say, is this good? And there's really no, it, it's subjective, right? And it, you're, it, is it good? Uh, I like it. Uh, some people like it. Other people don't like it. I think that's a very difficult way to start teaching photography. And the thing about photographic haiku is you have concrete things that you're doing. So you can literally look at a picture and say that succeeds, that fails. And it's not mm -hmm. just, and, uh, and so it's not just the sort of technical attributes of saying that's in focus or that has clarity to it. Um, you'll get there, you'll learn technical things, but um, to, to really give people concrete things that you're trying to do when you take a picture and you can measure, you can say that picture succeeds and that picture fails. And you can then judge yourself, am I getting better because you're succeeding at hitting these marks more consistently. So, so give me an example. Okay, okay yes. Um, and these are pulled, this is the photographic haiku sort of curriculum, but photographs, uh, photographic haiku have two beats. They always have two beats in them. And how I would describe Not that- Five, seven, five beats? No, 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 no. Let's, I'm kidding. Let's dispense of the, the, that. What the 575 teaches us, what it speaks to is how unbelievably simple this poem is. I mean, that's the crux of what 575, it has a structure, but 575 uh, Japanese sounds is a very, very short thing. It is, and what the meaning of that is that you're doing a lot with very little. So mm -hmm. that's the essence. That's one of the essences of the photographic haiku. It, you, you work photographically to remove the extraneous. There's lots of stuff happening in the real world. You point your camera at it, but your work, one of the things is the hallmark is that you are simplifying it using photographic techniques to simplify that might be through f-stop or shutter speed or lighting and shadow all whatever techniques you want to use that is not the point the point is your work is to try to make this more simple so that's one thing that you're going to do the second thing is that all haiku have this two beats it's sort of a ba-bum ba-bum and it's not just one thing if it's a picture of a dog sitting there that's just a picture of a dog, like bum, that's one beat. Two beats is when there's something else, that, that there's something you see, and mm -hmm. then a moment later, there's something else you see. It might be another object in the frame. It could be, uh, uh, there's lots of ways to create that, but that's what a, that's what a, a good haiku does. It has, this, it has these two parts. Um, and if you don't have that, you, it's sort of not a haiku. You know, it, it might be a wonderful picture. It might be very beautiful, perhaps. But a haiku has these two beats. And if you go through the history of photographs, the great modernist classic photographs, they may not have been doing this because they were studying haiku, but you will see this again and again in great photographs. They have these two beats. And so the assignment that you have in your class, like just so I understand, like just real brass tacks, what is it that you're challenging the students to do to, to get to these two beats? Well, first, the first thing you have to do is start to recognize that that, that happens in photographs, that, you, that when you take a picture, it, it's not a subject, it might be a, it, it's a couple things, right? I mean, you, I, I, I need to sort of back up. You need two beats. There's other stuff that you need to do too. Haiku are not flashy. They're not showy. They don't scream out, this is beautiful. This is whatever. And so there's this, um, 
really important kind of quietness to it where it's not shouting how beautiful it is. So sometimes you'll see a photograph and it just feels like it's trying too hard. That would be the best way I would describe it. It's just oversaturated. It's too obviously whatever the thing that it is. And a, and a haiku is going to be a little more reserved. So you have okay. the structural element of two beats. You've got mm -hmm. this sort of um, uh, not so obvious presentation of something. And um, you start to, and the other thing that's sort of important is that it's not just a thing, but it's a moment. Okay. So when you're taking, so, a, so how do you okay. do this? Right. I mean, first, yeah. you're gonna, you're, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you're going to look at a lot of pictures and see how people have done it. And, and mm -hmm. when you start to see it, you're like, Oh, Oh, I get it. I see why that's a moment. And not so a you thing. really start with your 50 photographs, then you you're starting to see. Okay. And I was surprised. You remember when I first brought up the 50, the pictures yeah. that I feel like all this came from, I didn't describe them that way. I just said that if you looked at these 50, you would find the, the rules of composition are an emergent property. You would just get it mm -hmm. if you looked at them. Now that I've, I've gotten deeper into the haiku and I look at the 50, they almost all exactly represent great haiku. They have these two beats. They have this mm -hmm. non-obviousness. And by the way, there's a couple of ways to have two beats in a picture. And one of them, which I think is, and there's tons of ways, but you know, cause you're a poet, there's ways you execute this idea. But one way is that you show something and it's just a little a tiny bit cryptic. It's not obvious it's a picture of a blank. And then, mm -hmm. so it's so it may just be a single object in frame. So you, you say, oh, I don't see two beats there. It's just a single thing. But if you don't quite know what it is, and then a second later, you recognize it and have a moment of like, oh, right? Got it. That's a ba-boom. It's like, what? Oh. But if it's too cryptic, you there might be too long a lag or you don't get it. And then there's not two beats. Or if it's too obvious, there's also not two beats. So that's something that you can play with when you take a picture of something even if it's just a single object, you're putting it right in the middle of the frame. There's, it might not even feel like there's a lot of composition involved, but it's got two beats to it. And, it, and that second beat is a, is a twist. It's like a punchline. It's a, it's a moment of delight. And when you look at these great- Or like a, the, or the realization or yeah. like the click of yeah, like, I get it. It's a click. Yeah. There's a, a Zen cone that um, uh, I was, when I first read it, it struck me as talking about this. A man in a big department store sees something in the distance approaching and looking at him with interest, and he can't quite place who it is, though there's something very familiar about this face. And as he keeps walking <laughs> farther into the mall, he realizes he's seeing himself reflected in a large mirror, and then he smiles. Okay, yeah. so you can imagine this moment. You look, and there's sort of a curiosity. It's drawing you in, and then there's a moment of re realization of what you see, and you realize it's kind of silly or something, and you laugh to yourself. That. Mm -hmm is the moment. That's a great haiku. That's what you want. You look at these pictures. So when you look at, um, oh, you know, Ed Weston's, picture, Ed, Ed Weston's okay. picture of the lettuce leaf, you know, mm -hmm. you see this lettuce leaf, it's it, compositionally, it's just centered in the frame, but you're not exactly sure what it is. It, it could be a sheet. It could be a curtain or a mountain or like, there's a lot of things you don't, because it's out of context a little bit. And then mm -hmm. you, you very quickly recognize what it is. And there's a kind of a moment of delight that's created. Yeah. Uh, uh, Harry Callahan does this kind of thing too. You see it all the time. That's, and when, you ha when, when that's the kind of uh, bum bum, when that's the kind of two beat thing that you're working with, you can easily put the subject right in the middle of the frame. 
if you're doing something where there's multiple objects in the frame, and so there's something that your eye goes to, like in George Tice's photograph of Pettit's mobile station, it's a nighttime scene of a gas mm-hmm. station and it's lit and you see yeah. it down there. And then all of a sudden you rec- realize there's this looming giant water tower in the background that's not <clears> lit <throat> and it's enormous and you don't see it at first. Your eye goes to the bright spot and then you see that other thing. And it's sort of, you have a kind of a moment when you recognize Mm -hmm. that. That's not entirely different than Ansel Adams' picture of um, winter sunrise in Lone Pine, where you've got the beautiful, huge mountains lit in the morning. And there's that tiny little horse down in the field. Your eye goes to the brightly lit mountains and it has this kind of majestic quality. And then there's the little horse. This mm-hmm. happens over and over in these fantastic classical photos. There's two, what would you say? It's a, a picture of, it's not a picture of a horse. It's not a picture of a mountain. Mm-hmm. It's this dynamic between these two objects. Attention. And it's moving your attention. You, it, mm-hmm. It's controlling you. So it knows you're going to look at this one area first. And mm-hmm. then a moment later, your eye moves to the second area. And then you have a kind of a moment from that, a smile. Yeah. Um, we call it, I mean, in like design, it's called priority of read. And so you, cause you want to, you want to make sure that your eyes are going somewhere. You're getting that information. You're getting that visual cue first and registering it. And then where do you go? Where does your eye go next? Where does mm-hmm. your eye go after that? And it's like, it's really intentional. It's almost like when done yes. right, it's like reading music. Right. It's very much like that. And, uh, and the great photographers um, are, it's again, yes, you can set up the, some things in a studio, but like, the idea uh, that photography is really about capturing a moment of time. And yeah. so it's really juggling. You've got all these moving objects and you somehow arrange them in the frame in a pleasing way, such that I can control where you're looking first and where you're looking second and that you're going to have this kind of response. But it's not, it doesn't feel too formal. There's a kind of, and, and, and this is where the other Zen arts outside of haiku really come into play because they're visual arts. So you can look at Ikebana in particular. I talk about this a lot and it's, like there's no right or wrong answer necessarily, but there's this series of weights and gravitational forces and lines that your eye moves around the frame and it's purposefully done. And, and the picture feels natural, but also mm-hmm. structured. It's the right level. Well, if level. it's too expected, you figure it out quickly. You see the system and you stop reading it before kind of exploring all the nooks and crannies and all the crevices. Like, I mean, with design, that's graphic design specifically, it's like, that's really intentional. You want someone to figure it out so they mm-hmm. can understand what's there. Mm. But I think what you're right about photography is that you actually want the eyes to linger. You don't want it to be like, figured out next image, figured out next image. It's like, you linger on the images that you're still processing and that you're, I think in one of our early episodes, we talked so much about the brain taking in information and mm-hmm. how you're, you know, when, as you sort of get older, um, you are relying on a lot of kind of knowledge, legacy knowledge. Yeah. yeah of yeah, like, yeah. I can figure this out. I can figure this out so that you can pay attention to more um, like the, the new information, which may be sort of kind of seen as, less new information because you're not just you're just not taking in as much as you are as a child. I was reading an article last week about if you want to make your weekends feel longer, you should go somewhere because then you're taking in is what's interesting is total I'm I'm it's like a side wow, note right now. That's but interesting. Where did this as come you from? go 
Um, it was, I think it was in Forbes. Okay. And so it's like you read, you go and you go somewhere for a weekend and it's like, it actually makes the time feel like it's going faster. But when you look back at it, because you were taking in so much new information, there's so much more to process. It actually feels like you were away longer. Oh, so wow. the article was talking about, I'll send you a link. Um, the <laughs> okay. article was talking about how, yeah, how do you make your weekends feel longer? And I love that it really connected to how your brain processes, processes information and that new experiences are really like open that up for people. And it's kind of the same with like processing new visual information, looking at photography, letting your brain see a new place. Yeah. Maybe you're not physically, you know, there where Hansel Adams was taking that picture, but you get a window into what he's seeing and you get to try to figure that out and take in that information. Wow. I should read Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, It's possible to so much of photography, I want to pull it away from what I would call the subjective. There are subjective parts of this, but I think if you're learning it, it doesn't, you can follow something that's a little more rigorous. And you know, I, you know, I've been down on the rule of thirds for so long. I've, I've actually kind of recanted a little bit. I, I still think it's bullshit, but it, it, it does have some purpose and it helps people who aren't used to moving things around a frame start to think about moving things around a frame. So in that sense, I think that it, 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 it has some utility, but I think it's misapplied. I think people don't recognize it. It's very unusual to have a, an object in a field that you can just move the object all over the field and try it in different places, especially if you have two things in, in frame or multiple things in frame, you've got to put everything in frame. You've got to kind of arrange these things. And, um, and I, and I love that the work of a photographer is being able to move around in the real world and arrange those things in real time and not do it yeah. in a studio and not control them. That's hard to do and to not make it feel too formal, like to feel, make it feel natural. You get that in Ikebana, but you also get it in Bonsai and some of the mm-hmm. other Zen arts where you know that it's constructed, but it feels um, like real. It feels, mm-hmm. and it is real, but you've, I've put all those objects in the frame in a certain place. So these are things that can be practiced and you can look at a photograph very easily and say, that one doesn't have two beats. That one's too obvious. This is an mm-hmm. object, but not really a moment of time. This is too perfect, too, too contrived. And like, those are real things that you can try to get better at doing. And I think when you do get better yeah. at it, if you don't want to do haiku, you don't need to, to do haiku. There's all kinds of pictures of just interesting things I saw, right? I mean, that's a thing that you can do. And of course, you can go the Susan Bernstein's direction, which is just, it's not even about what I see. It's about channeling my insides out. Like, and I'm just, And I'm just trying to let those be more advanced ways to think about photography and, and for beginners to practice this idea of can they make haiku? Can they, can they make haiku? Can they control what's happening in frame and make these moments that are increasingly interesting and more easy to judge if they're getting, improving or not? That kind of stuff. So okay. that's why I'm, I'm really convinced. I'm glad that the workshop is popular and I get to, you know, use the pictures in the collection that inspired me and they're great illustrations of right. stuff. So, um, so that's, what's been going on. I feel really good about it. The book is still sort of sitting there, but now after teaching the workshop a bunch of times, I, I think I'm, I'm getting to the way to order stuff and the way to, to kind of talk about it, what the assignments really are to, yeah. to help you get to those places. Um, but so you've, 
heard this stuff now for years and I want and I'm just wondering, does it, <laughs> do you think as you, I know that the us talking about stuff has helped you sort of slow down and be con- conscious of yeah, yeah. things around you and seeing things different but do you also feel like you understand and can in, like uh, implement things like having two beats or playing with this idea of obviousness as a as a game as a visual game um, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I definitely, after our conversations over the past couple of years, I, I really look at photography differently and I, I see different things. And I, I think prior, I mean, if I was going to museum, I would spend a lot more time probably in other mediums mm-hmm. and that I would, um, that I just had a, had more of like an education behind, to be honest. And so I think this has been an incredible education for me and just understanding what I'm taking, what I, what I take away from almost every photographer that we have on the show is just how they see and the importance of, of seeing. And it's different than just, uh, I don't know if this is a fully formed thought yet. Um, but it, it's different than just, yes, like a snapshot, a capture of like, oh, that's it. It's mm-hmm. really like where you really find yourself kind of like looking at something and studying a shadow or seeing like, oh, and then thinking about different ways to, you know, like crop it or sure. frame it or sure. position again yourself. And the idea of that first thing that you probably saw that maybe caught your attention, again, get the cliche out of the way, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the best shot. Right. But it's you continuing to look, you continuing to 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 look for what you're seeing is where it gets good. Yeah, there's something about noticing stuff. You start to notice things. And I kind of feel like that's um an early level. Like when you start walking around with the camera, the yeah. first thing that happens is you start because you're present, you notice stuff. Look at that pattern. Look at that cool way the light's doing this thing. So that's like yeah. level one, but you're still at in in this place of um documenting. It's like, I'm going to show you what I saw. I'm going to show you Mm -hmm. what I noticed. I I was here. I saw this thing. I went to this place. The the next level up from that is, okay, so I've noticed stuff. Can I control these things? Can I move them around? It's not just Mm -hmm. a document of it, but it's a- um, But I'm seeing something else. I I feel like that's where, and I'm not sure if that's exactly where you're going, but it's like, it's like, there's that deeper thing of- yeah, it's not just the document. It's not just the snapshot of like, oh, I saw this picture on the wall and like the tissue was like, hey, tissue paper was like hanging off in a really cool way. And it made like a double shadow on the wall. It's like, actually fine, who cares? But like, what is really interesting is if you go really close to that and you get the texture of the paper, and then maybe you're even looking at just the shadow and that's, and then you don't, you know, then you're like, what is this? But then is it oh. too? And then then there's that game. Is that too cryptic? Is someone going to figure out what that is? Like that's cool, mm-hmm. but I've made this too abstract. Okay, yeah. So now you have something you can work on. How would I make it a little less abstract? And still, when they realize what it is, there's the moment of delight. Like and, that, like and that I Michael think Kenna, like the Michael yeah. Kenna of the Golden Gate Bridge, where it's like that's cool looking. <gasps> oh, that's the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh my god, you mm. know, like there's a. a, a it's delightful for it visually. And then there's this meta level of, of understanding that happens a second later. 
Okay. I, like that makes me think of the Mark Citrit where he had the tennis court where he, I think he was walking in like the sunset or something yeah, yeah. in San Francisco. And it, and it's just, it's this beautiful picture that you sort of, you're, you're pulled into the image and then later you're like, Oh, it's, it's a tennis court or right. it's a, it's right. a net like on, on a tennis court. Um, but it, it's like that there's something so beautiful that 99 out of a hundred people probably would have just walked by and not but it's not looked to see. But it's I think it's even better than that because he really it, it is a haiku in the sense that you look at it and it has a kind of delight to it, but you don't know what you're seeing. And then you do. And it's such an like a, a maybe a common thing, but he's made shown it in such a new, new way. And it's used his depth of field and fog to remove a lot of extraneous stuff. So it's really elegantly simple. And um what it, it, it doesn't totally have is this moment of time, but it, it doesn't feel like just a picture of an object. It does have the environmental nature. There is, it's that sunrisey kind of foggy moment. Um, but that's the, like every poem you're going to kind of play around. You, you can't hit everything perfectly. Compare that to Kudelka or, or, or uh, Cartier-Bresson, where the, the pictures are this sort of funny moment, a, a kind of a, it's not just the, the, the foggy um tennis net going down there, but then there's a duck, you know, that you notice at the, in the, at the end of the fog and you think, oh, like, that's weird. And like, they have that one extra element where it totally is a, a moment captured and not just a thing. It's a, 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 and like, that's what you strive for. Not every picture gets there, but like, that's why I feel like it's a great practice. You know, you walk around with your camera, you notice these things, but you see if you can get them. That's just what those haiku masters would do. They'd sit down under a tree and see if they could make this little thing and they might succeed or they might fail, but you just, it's a practice. Like drawing the Enzo, you just mm -hmm. do it and see if you get better at it, the more you do it. And uh, I love that about that. I think that it's just, I mean, that brings us full circle, but that's why I feel like it's uh -huh. so important. Is that your pun? And it's an Enzo joke. <laughs> it was an Enzo joke, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. Anyway, Nerds. so that's what's going on. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good about this. I just want to keep, and honestly, you know, I, I just feel keep like- Keep going. I'm, yeah, I'm, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, this is my destiny. I've never felt like something was my destiny. <laughs> I love so that. I, I hate, to, again, I'm going off. Uh, very full Kanye on you here, but it just, I don't think that's full Kanye. I think this is like an impassioned soul saying, well, Hey, I found my thing. It's just, I found what I want to do. I don't think there's many people in the world who can bring these weird things to bear on the issue of photography. I just, I, I mean, I'm, everyone brings their own kind of weird life yeah. to it, but I, I feel like it, it took some unusual circumstances to make this such an obvious thing, but I think that it can help anybody. And I, and I'm hoping I that, that I can just get the information out. People don't have to take a workshop. I'll put my deck about this just to introduce them to the idea. I'll put it in the show yeah. notes. Workshops will be fun, of course. And it's great to go into some detail and to play around with these ideas. I think but you could apply it. I think that's what's the difference between just like getting the information and being like, okay, let me test this out. Let I think once you learn this, you can't unknow it. I think you can't unknow <laughs> it. The minute you go through the, the beats, what, what makes a great photo, you're going to go back and look at pictures, either classic ones or modern contemporary pictures. And you'll mm -hmm. feel like, 
Uh, it's just a pretty thing. That's just kind of cool looking. It's eminently forgettable. And then you'll see one. It's like, oh, right. That's why that's a great picture. It's like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. It is looks effortless, but it was a freaking hard thing to do. And it's just delightfully simple. And uh, anyway, I, I, think- I keep having this like joke in my head, which I you're going to hate, Let but it's it like go. the equivalent of like, I woke up like this. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's this carefree feeling like it's accepting the, the beauty in the imperfection. Like there's just something natural and raw and like beautiful there, mm-hmm. but you still tried a little, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, uh, this- I'm so happy you're excited that honestly, yeah. that's, that's so, it's so wonderful to be like consumed by a project and kind of, um, yeah, it was empowered and ready to take on it, take it on. They, um, I just, I told you, they sent this email out today, the SFW and yeah, they yeah, described, yeah. they said, and their little quote was that it's, you know, this course is one of our most popular online workshops. Um, it's my third time leading a program to uncover the fascinating intersection of haiku and photography. That's what they wrote about it. I That's love, so great. I love that. The fascinating intersection. So when is it? It's in it's it, it's September? It's in August. No, this August. One, the next one is in August and I, it's already full. And, um, but I'm looking forward, what I'd really kind of like to do is have like a teacher training. Like if you teach huh? photography to high school students, college or whoever are uh, in your community, like I'd like the teachers to come and take a workshop so they know how to teach this, to integrate it into their stuff. So they're not That's a great idea. rule of thirds and leading lines. Like there are better things for them to use to help get people excited about taking better pictures. So that's, I think next um, is to try a, a teacher training. I, I, I love that idea. Oh, well, it's always great to hang out with you and uh, always great chatting with you. Thank you for giving me a moment to just rant a little bit. I was in a ranty mood. Rant away. Rant on. Uh, Is there anything? Do you want to wrap it up? I think we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Do it. I'm going to wrap it up now. You are going to wrap it up. Here you go. This is the wrap up. Go. (laughs) You go, girl. Okay. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco and Santa Fe. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now. Please leave reviews and ratings, especially if you like us. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, please send them this link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.